Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Dean Blundell Network proudly brings to you your favorite NFL podcast on the network, the loudmouth, Chris Phillips, the brewmaster, Steve Fisher, the ball, Hawks podcast. All right, so uh, that's how we're going to start out episodes this week. Um, I had all these plans of giving, you know, the Tyler Lockett shout-out or the Tylen Wallace shout-out, um, but apparently we're going a little old-school WWF. So we got two words for you. Follow us. Um, I am your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. Uh, we are part of the Dean Blundell Network, and we are both officially now bloggers and podcasters because our boy Chris uh, got his first blog out and into the interweb space and really proud of him. It was a cool article about Russell Wilson. Uh, go check it out on the Dean Blundell Network. Um, and of course, I am here with said Christopher Phillips. What's happening today, dude? Hey man, uh, happy to be here, and thanks for uh, thanks for the props on the blog. There, um, it is. Like I said to you the other day, the the first time I've ever blogged, and then I realized that 15 years ago, when I was backpacking through Europe, um, I did a, a travel blog while I was traveling through Europe, which thankfully um, I can't find on the internet. So <laughs> none of you will be able to find on the internet either. Because <laughs> um, it was uh, it was not well put together. It was mostly just drunken rambling uh, as I as I recapped my evening from the night before. Uh, happy to be here, of course. Um, you guys can find us over on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. We're on Instagram at the same handle. We're over on Facebook as well. And of course, you can find me at phillipschris12. Steve, I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but just in case, let's not forget about Steve. He's He can be found over at ssfisher87. But I'm sure all of you know that now because Lamar, Lamar Jackson may or may not have just retweeted Steve. Yeah, it was, uh, I, by the way, I did uh, give myself a little shout out there. So two weeks in a row, Chris has not been listening to me when we first start. But what else is new? I'm pre- oh, he's putting up the number three, which uh, would be more like it. Yeah, so just before we came on here, I was we were doing a little bit of family dinner out at Cactus Club tonight. Um, driving back and all of a sudden my flo- phone is... Uh, just going a little 
bonkers, I guess you might want to say. And of course, I think it's you, Chris, you know, telling me about some last minute things. Um, and no, it is Lamar Jackson retweeting one of my videos um, to give everybody a little context. You can obviously go uh, onto my Twitter. You can go onto the Ballhawks page. You can go onto our Instagram page. Uh, and see the video yourself. It's pretty cute. He's wearing his Lamar Jackson name and number t-shirt. And uh, I've been trying to get him to say the name Lamar Jackson. And of course, I'm like, okay, Easton, uh, who's on your shirt? Ravens. Note, that's the team, buddy. Yeah, Ravens. And so we're trying to like plan this all out. And of course, it turns into, okay, and who's on the back of your shirt? Jackson Storm and yeah it's pretty cute and of course Lamar retweets it and um, so I know everybody was asking wow that's so cool like you must have been going crazy over it and I was like not really I'm just I'm kind of excited for him when he gets old enough to know you know who that is and he may not even watch football but um, for him to see that the former unanimous MVP Gave him a little shout out. That'll be pretty cool uh, for him to see that. Um, if, if and when the time comes, he starts watching football. Hopefully he chooses a much cooler team than the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, you know what threw me off in your intro, Steve, and why I missed you saying your Twitter handle? You didn't give me a sidekick this week. Uh, totally threw me just, off. You actually just cut me off there. I was gonna say that oh, i cut you off you cut me off i was i was getting there i'm in uh i'm in a little bit of pixar disney kind of mode here right now so uh your nickname today is uh incredible because we just finished watching incredibles today and i thought how fitting chris is that Inc- really Incredible that's not his, that that is no that's not his nickname it's just dash no no in the first one in the first one the main villain He's like oh, originally Incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm yeah. not Incredible anymore. And his cape gets yeah. caught in the jet and slices him into a gazillion pieces. Right. Really kid friendly. Into, I can't even remember what the what he becomes as he grows up and becomes a bad guy. Like, what is his villain name? Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah, you think you think I just watched it? I I would have figured that out. <laughs> no, you weren't watching it. You put it on for background noise your kids watched it yeah and, it's, it's uh, very true i've i've seen yeah. it a bunch of times and i just i have a bad habit of not actually paying attention to what's fully going on in those shows yeah oh me too um i syndrome is oh uh, yeah is, syndrome is his, is his villain name but that's right i i do the same thing like i i remember there was a time when um when my daughter olivia was was younger and she was super obsessed with the movie Tangled. And I probably watched that movie, like, I'm going to say 10 times before I saw the whole movie. <laughs> like, because it's like, just put it on for the kid. I mean, she's not paying attention the whole time either. But it's just like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm either checking out something on social media or I'm making her lunch or I'm making dinner, breakfast. It's like you get the gist the of the movie and you know what's going on and you know most of it. But then there's you know, the first time you really sit down and watch it with them and you're like, huh, when did that happen in the first 58 times that I watched this show? You know, you know, what's funny is uh, when I was at your house yesterday, 
there and I saw the kids were watching Incredibles, I had a feeling I was going to be something. Uh, my, my, my sidekick name was going to be something Incredibles related this week. Um, so once again, thanks for being predictable, Steve. I, I don't believe you for even the slightest second. That is an absolute lie. That was my, uh, you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you have like a random, it's a, it's like shower thoughts and middle of the night thoughts. That was my, I woke up in the, the middle of the night. I'm like, oh, Steve's going to call me Jack Jack tomorrow. <laughs> That's a little weird that you're waking up in the middle of the night thinking about me. Um, uh, well, you know, maybe just don't I mean, tell your wife about that. And please, if you don't mind, don't tell my wife about it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they might not let us continue to do this if we're waking up in the middle of the night thinking um, of each other. We did say the other day we were texting and we can more or less confirm that we share a brain. So that's right. Yeah, that was that was, I guess, my work related stuff. But uh, pretty weird how you text me the other day right as I was coming across your your insurance file. Um, did you see? Uh, the, I think it's Denmark soccer player. Did you see what happened in the Euros there yesterday with, uh, Christian Eriksen? Yeah, I, uh, I didn't actually see any of it. And, uh, the only reason I knew it was what you're talking about right now is, um, uh, some people that I follow on Twitter, you know, just that name kept coming up and up and up and saying, you know, if you share this video of him, you're, you know, an a-hole kind of thing. Um, but I heard he went into like cardiac arrest on the field. Yeah, I, I was at work yesterday, so I was in the same position as you um, where, you know, seen all over Twitter, like, oh, my God, like, holy crap, cut the cameras, like prayers up for Christian Erickson and like all of these different tweets. And um, I. I guess curiosity did get the best <laughs> of me. So I, I, I did search on Twitter, like, you know, Christian Erickson, just to see like what's going on. And so I, I, I did see the video and um, yeah, man, pretty scary stuff. Like he, he's running up the field and then all of a sudden he just like slows down, stumbles, the ball hits him and he falls over, which scary enough to begin with. But like somebody kicked the ball and hit him that hard. It, it, no, it, lo it looked like someone was like passing the ball to him. Like it, it was like, like it, the ball is not the reason that he fell over. Like he mm. was falling over probably anyways. It didn't well, have he, anything he, to do with like the cardiac arrest kind of thing. No, 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 no. He was already in cardiac arrest when somebody went to pass the ball to him. Oh. It kind of, it, it was like the last kind of thing that happened before he fell over <laughs> is the ball happened to hit him. Um, but then the, <sighs> the camera guy, sorry, I'm, I'm having to pause here because it it, <laughs> it it makes me very angry. The camera guy, and I don't know if, who's to blame here, if it's the camera guy, if it's the producer in his ear being like, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, like, get this, get, get uh, footage of this. So they zoom in on this poor, on this guy who's laying on the field and they zoom in right on his face and I, it, it's like somebody was saying in their ear, like, you know, or, or, you know, the, the devil on their shoulder was like being like, Hey, like, do you want to see a dead body? Cause like hmm. his eyes were just lifeless. 
And it was like, and 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 after seeing the the reports today, so the the Denmark team doctor um, did confirm today, like he was gone. He hmm. had a cardiac arrest. We did cardiac resuscitation, but he was gone. Um, how close were we? I don't oh. know. But we got him back after one defib. That's quite fast. Whoa. So it was like, like when you see it, and like so after you know, like I said, I, I've seen the video and seen how lifeless his eyes were like super creepy, creepy, creepy stuff, man. And, and like I said, that, that camera guy, good for the Denmark soccer team. Um, I, I, again, I, you, you didn't see it, but they formed a, a wall around him so that that couldn't, you know, nobody could take pictures. No further, uh, video could be taken while they are, you know, re- resuscitating him. And uh, also the the other really cool, I, I guess, cool is a, a very, I, I don't know, not, probably done. not the right word to use, but the, the Denmark team captain um, ran over, saw, you know, the, the, the trouble, cleared his airway, made sure he wasn't going to swallow his tongue, performed CPR until the doctor was able to, uh, to get to him on the field. And as soon as the doctor was there, the team captain then got up and ran over to Christian Erickson's wife to console her. Hmm. And um, and then he was also responsible for the for uh, creating forming the wall around him. So it's just just a wild, wild scene in the Euros. So I'll, I'll kind of come to the defense of the camera guy or producer. Now, I, I don't actually know the whole story of like, I haven't even seen this thing yet, but um, the last thing you think of when a guy falls, especially after he got hit with the ball, like think about how desensitized we are right now uh, to people getting knocked out. There's videos of people, you know, doing mixed martial arts, they get knocked out. You watch like hockey fights, guys get knocked out. Um, You watch, you know, two drunk idiots at a, a basketball game, fighting and one guy gets knocked out or something like that so i think the last thing they probably thought was we're filming a dead body i i i i want to believe that humanity is a lot better than that like and you know to the credit of the denmark captain that's pretty amazing that he ran over there and performed cpr because the last thing i would think about was you know my guy just had a heart attack I better, you know, resuscitate him or try to, you know, keep him alive until the doctors can get there. So, um, yeah, you, you know, you just hope that, you know, the camera guy is like zooming in to see what happened. Like, you know, you said the ball hit him and maybe like they thought like the ball like, you know, got him or something like that. And they're just trying to like get footage. Obviously I haven't seen it, but uh, I I do feel like the last thing you would think of was like, this guy is having a heart attack. I better zoom in and watch his lifeless eyes, or at least I'm hoping so. Yeah. um, We were talking about uh, my faith in humanity before we came on here Um, tonight, just, you know, totally separate incident um so i i i see your side of things as well um but uh, that's not it, even really to be honest that's not really my side i'm just trying to think like no, no from no, somebody no, who I, hasn't no, seen it maybe what like what would have prompted somebody to like zoom in a little further 
Yeah, no, and and sorry, you know, maybe not your side, but yeah, I understand your your point of you know, um, they have a job to do. They don't know what the the the, the real issue is. Um, but again, um, I guess having seen the video, it you you see it and you can tell something's up because he's you know it's like a three step like fall to the ground like he's falling to hmm. the ground when the ball's hitting him but um i don't know and, and i guess more more positive news um i i, I know I, I shared this this video with you um 13 year old micah fleming uh who is a defensive back from denver colorado um, I don't, I don't know if anybody's seen that video yet. Uh, may, maybe I'll, I'll, uh, screen grab it and share it to our Twitter and our Instagram as well. Um, but he's going up against like high school kids. Uh, from my understanding, there was even some like college athletes that he's going up against in those drills and like super impressive. Hey. Yeah. He's just like fast, agile, quick. He's strong. He's reactive. He like breaks on the ball when he should, he stutters when he should. And like, he just wants the ball so bad. Like he's clearly yeah. a lot smaller than these dudes. And normally you'd look at that and be like, Oh, you got an undersized DB with like a bigger wide receiver. But he's like, he's little boy small. If you haven't seen the video yet, like you can tell he's very young and e there's even a couple clips in there where, you know, the receiver gets the ball and he's still battling, trying to rip that thing out. And you just, you love to see that kind of like, just that passion for the game coming through at such a young age. I love seeing that stuff. Yeah. I, um, I, I was so impressed by, like you said, just like his, you know, how he broke it down and how he was able to break in the ball and like just his, his, uh, fluidity, how his hip movements, his, uh, his reaction time, like he was just so, so impressive. And um, after I saw the video, I, I did a little bit of digging, I guess. I mean, that's how I found out his name, Micah Fleming. And even at 13 years old, he's already been offered a scholarship to USC. Yeah, they're trying to get him in early. <laughs> hey, yeah. remember, we were the first ones that offered you this. Like, yeah, that's wild. Um. OK, let, let's get into a little NFL news here now. We've uh, we've been kind of maybe not rambling, but uh, getting caught up on some recent events. So uh, the first thing you and I thought about talking uh, to this week was um, COVID-19 vaccinations and the NFL players kind of. Grab, I guess, grabbed a lot of headlines this week and. Um, you know, we've said it on this podcast before, we're not really into political stuff, but th this couldn't really be, I guess, passed by. And I think the big news was uh, the fact that Montez Sweat of the Washington football team was, um, I can't remember, oh, he said he was not a fan of the team bringing in a public health expert to answer vaccine questions. And it, the, the funny thing is, it was just via a video conference, like... I don't know. You could just tune it out like Chris tunes me out at the start of this. Like <laughs> you didn't really have to even listen to what they were saying. So, um, yeah. What do you what do you think of all the, the news surrounding players and the alarming rate that players are not getting vaccinated? Yeah. Montez Sweat was kind of the I guess the the, the first one that I saw this past week on Twitter that was like, 
no, like, I'm not vaccinated. I'm not going to get vaccinated. I need more information. And, like, I'm not going to treat COVID until I get COVID. Um, yeah, what was the line? Hold on. We got to, we got to, we can't uh, pass this by. I haven't caught COVID yet. I don't see me treating COVID until I actually get COVID via direct quotes. Montez yeah. Sweat says on Wednesday. Yeah. Th- thank you. Instead of my, my paraphrasing. I, I just of, remember of how good said. it was that we couldn't pass that up. Yeah. A grown just, man it, said it, that. And, and, and saying like, Oh, like I want more information before I, you know, inject this into in this vaccine into my body. And it's just like, Okay, great. Like your team is literally like your employer is literally bringing in an expert to give you more information on this vaccine. So like, what else do you need? Like, do you need someone to like, like, okay, like, okay, just explain this to me like I'm five. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, can you bring out some crayons, please? Um, can I can I see a PowerPoint, please? Um, And actually, I don't understand PowerPoint. So can you please also, again, um, write it down on paper in crown, like Steve said. So I'm going to preface this by saying I believe in free will and free choice. And you know what? If you don't want to get the vaccination, um, good on you for your decision. Um, I will not make fun of anybody's decision uh, if they are educated. If you are educated on a topic and you come to a sound conclusion based on legitimate facts, sources, stuff like that, then good for you. You know what? Um, I have friends who have told me they are not getting vaccinated. They told me the reasons why, Um, although I disagree with it because I have my first vaccination and I should be getting my second one soon. Um you know, your body, your choice, go for it. The interesting thing I was thinking of when you were saying that he, uh, he, as in Montez Sweat, decided that he wasn't going to get it because he just didn't have enough information. Um, the NFLPA executive director, Demory Smith, came out on Thursday after his comments and said, we've talked about this now for four months. Their agents know. Their contract advisors know. Their financial advisors know. They've got access to team doctors. They've got access to our websites. They have access to me. They have access to the folks who were touring and going around the camps now. There really shouldn't be any excuse for not having the answers to the questions you have. So I guess our big thing with him essentially saying, I don't know yet, is that he's been giving every ounce of information to make and probably to be honest better sources than even i've been able to research on my own uh he's been given all of this information and still yet his response is i don't think i can because i'm not informed yet well pull your head out of your butt like think about it come to a like sound decision get informed and, and not to just, you know, poo-poo on Montez Sweat. He, he's not the only NFL player that has come out and um, said this. You know, there's uh, other guys that have made similar um, 
responses in the media. Uh, DJ Reed of the Seattle Seahawks has said the same thing. Uh, Sam Darnold of the Carolina Panthers has said the same thing or, you know, similar things. Um, and it, I, I saw one thing I, I can't find. I, I should have uh, screenshotted it because um, I can't remember who said it on Twitter. But, you know, all these NFL players that are currently unvaccinated, uh, w- when they show up to training camp or, you know, even get into the regular season, and all of a sudden they see their fully vaccinated teammates walking around team facilities with no <laughs> mask on, hanging out in the team gym, hanging out in the team cafeteria, locker room, whatever, with, again, no mask on and just going about their, their business freely. Um, that's going to provide a fairly large incentive for these guys who are unvaccinated to maybe be like, well, yeah, maybe I should. Yeah. I mean, whether you want to call it like social conformity or if you want to call it like, I guess coming around, whatever that term is, I, I agree. I think that's going to be something that they see it. They, don't want to be the only one not doing a certain thing and will probably come around. Um, Again, you want to believe the best in humanity that it, the part that I don't get about this is you have guys who essentially work with people like sleep doctors. They work with like personal trainers. They work with, you know, nutritionists who give them scientific facts every day. Like, Trust me that what I'm doing right now is going to lead to a better sleep for you. This is going to lead to uh, more fast twitch muscle fiber. Whatever it is, these experts that they literally have in their facility giving them scientific facts like, hey, I want you to drink this like green purpley juice right now after you've done work, like done your workout. You trust in all of that. And then when it comes to something that is literally the exact same thing you're trusting in a science versus trusting in not a science all of a sudden you're putting up the red flags i don't really uh i don't really understand that part of it and it just seems kind of like double-edged sword to me and just to dumb it down even further um protein drinks uh pre-workouts um whatever else i mean there's i mean there's countless countless uh nfl players that have been suspended for (laughs) taking a substance that they thought was safe but turns out that it you know had a banned you know one of the ingredients was a banned substance um and now all of a sudden you're gonna you know get up get, get your your backup in regards to the science of it all but all of these supplements and all of this other crap that you put into your body, um, you're just trusting your agent. You're trusting your dietitian. You're trusting your, um, you, you know, yourself that, nope, I'm good. I'm good. I can take this. I can put this in my body. This is going to make me perform better. Um, and now all of a sudden you're, you popped for a PED or, or whatever. Right. It's just like that double standard thing that drives me absolutely crazy. And it, it's funny that that was like the first thing I thought of when I read that he was, you know, one of the people who publicly came out and said he wasn't sure yet. I was like, but wait a second. Do you actually like I would be thoroughly shocked if these guys 
you know, they train like monsters. Montez Sweat is an absolute freak pass rusher. He's one of the top pass rushers in the league. Um, I would be shocked if he actually knew the science behind what he was doing just in the weight room alone. Like, just the weight room to get his body in good enough physical shape to play a now 17-game season. I would be thoroughly shocked that Montez Sweat knew the science behind it, yet he's questioning a vaccine. Which, no, it, I, I, it, wouldn't it be hilarious also if it came out later that his parents vaccinated him when he was a baby? <laughs> like, what? would that not just be, like, the best thing we could ever... I, I'm hoping that comes out for next week. And... Honestly, like, and, and that's exactly it. It's that, you know, he, he trusts the science, he trusts himself, but that's the thing. He doesn't even have to trust himself. He's hired experts. The team that's, is doing it for him. He's hired, he's hired experts. Him and the team have hired experts to make sure that he can perform at top peak physical condition. <laughs> well, what do you think these scientists that have these experts that have created this vaccine, these experts that your team have hired to bring in to explain to you what this vaccine and what it, like, why do you trust the experts that are telling you what to put in your body as far as supplements go, but you don't trust the expert to, uh, as far as a vaccine? I just, I don't get it. I'll never understand it. Um, so I mean, I'm, actually gonna I, I'm, go I'm one- sure his parents got him vaccinated when he was a kid as well. Um, <laughs> and he'll probably, I don't know, maybe swear off his parents. I don't know. Like, I just don't get it, man. Oh, maybe I'm going to go one further on. This will be the last point we talk about this. Then we'll move on to some fun football stuff. Um, the fact that like, let's bring this to a very business like standpoint. You've got the Washington football team whose front office. It's their job to make money via the product on the field. If there was any ounce of doubt that this vaccine would have ramifications that would, you know, I guess hurt their asset, because guess what? Professional football players, uh, whether they like it or not, they are a team asset. If they thought that the vaccine was going to jeopardize their asset, they would not tell them to put that in their body. There is no chance in hell that they would say, you know what, Montez, uh, we heard that, you know, in a year or two, you can develop real respiratory issues. Uh, so please take this and then we, uh, will have to, you know, just let you go. Cause you won't be worth it. Sorry. I, I know you said that, that was <laughs> the, the last point. I, I just have one more thing to add on there. You know, him saying that, I'm not going to treat COVID until I get COVID. And I, I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter being like, oh, like these are peak high, you know, high level elite athletes and COVID's not going to affect them and blah, 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 blah. And I mean, COVID put Miles Garrett on his ass last yeah. season. Yeah. And he came out right out and said publicly that, he took a long time to recover from COVID Um, for, I mean, you and I, um, you know, anybody else that, that may be listening uh, being Canucks fans, we saw COVID just wreak havoc or me as a Baltimore Ravens fan. Yeah, we saw, (laughs) we saw it. We saw COVID wreak havoc on these young elite athlete, professional sport, you know, professional athletes. 
Um, so to just say that, you know, I'm not going to treat COVID till I get COVID, I think is just ignorant. Yeah, definitely. And okay. One last thing, then we have to move on. <laughs> it's just firing us up right now. Um, the thing is with COVID, like the chances are very high that you're going to be okay, but there's like the odd chance. Like I remember last year when we were in isolation, listening to a podcast and, uh, they had Tony Baselli on there talking about how he got it. Um, and, you know, he's relatively young, uh, you know, a Hall of Famer type guy, like very good shape. And when he was in the ICU, the doctors looked at him and said, well, we're going to put you on this ventilator and we'll just see how it goes. And he's like, what do you mean? We'll see how it goes. And they're like, well, you're either going to come out of this or you're not going to come out of this. And he was like, what the hell? I'm like, I'm a healthy dude here. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll move on from there. That I think that's enough on vaccination talks because I'm getting all fired up right now <laughs> about vaccinations. Get, get vaccinated, folks. Get vaccinated, man. Do yeah. Anyways, can't uh, <laughs> can't tell certain people that they're gonna get vaccinated. Um, something fun that I saw kind of around the internet the last, uh, I guess couple days is or maybe even weeks are these top uh top five duo things or top five kind of like listy kind of things and i thought how fun would it be for us to kind of throw ourselves out there and and make some bold opinions on top five stuff so we're gonna do uh top five uh running back duo we're going to do top five cornerback duo. We'll go uh, offense, defense, offense, defense. And then we'll come back with uh, top wide receiver duo. And then we'll finish it off with top pass rusher duos. So uh, the first one was actually one of our mailbag questions. We're not at the mailbag segment yet, but um, for Marquise of the Cover 4 podcast, this is your first answer, essentially. So Chris, give us your top five running back duos. Starting with five, obviously, and then getting to your top one. I don't have them in order. Um, oh, you I mean, goon. Yeah, but I mean, I've, I've, I've got a top five. Okay. Um, I mean, I, yeah. Let's hear it. I have, I, I have a top five. I'll tell you what my top one is after I'm done. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, okay. So I've got uh, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray of the New Orleans Saints. We have uh, Lombardi Lenny, Leonard Fournette, <laughs> and Ronald Jones of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I, I see you kind of making a face there, but that offense doesn't really skip a beat with Madison in there. Um, so I, I, I had to include those two. Uh, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. Cleveland Browns and my last pairing is uh, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake of the Las Vegas Raiders and my top pairing of those five is obviously Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt yeah the good good list I mean it's wrong some of them are wrong but but really good list there <laughs> Um, since I am the elite of the two of us, I actually have them in rank with honorable mentions. So, uh, I'm going honorable mentions first, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, 
of the Colts, James Robinson and Travis Etienne of the Jaguars, even though Etienne hasn't played yet. Uh, number five, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray of the Saints. Uh, you also have this one. Number four, Jacobs and Drake, uh, the Bama duo there uh, from the Raiders. Number three, you definitely forgot these guys, you dumb dumb. Uh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Uh, no, I'm just talking your Baltimore Ravens. Number two, we got Aaron Jones and A.J. Quadzilla Dillon. I'm still waiting for him to change his Twitter handle. Uh, if you don't know what's going on there, uh, go check out my face or my Twitter account. And then obviously in first place, uh, Chubb and Hunt of the Browns. Those guys are a monster, monster, monster duo. As much as that pains me to say the Browns have a better one to punch, uh, call them how I see them. I, um, you'll, you'll notice in all of or most of my pairings here, I was very reluctant to include any rookies. Um, I was too. I just think in, James in, Robinson was so them, right? good last year. Yeah, but and it, it, I just it's watched more so a lot of Clemson stuff. So uh, trust me, I was very hesitant to as well. But I, in fact, did uh, include some rookies. Yeah. And, and even um, you mentioned the Colts. They were a team that I looked at and like looked at and looked at. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how am I not including these guys? Yeah. But that's we're, I guess we're talking about duos and they're more so a three headed monster with yeah. JTT, Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines. Um, and sorry, JTT, because I can <laughs> never, ever, ever talk about Jonathan Taylor without calling him Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> those 90s uh, kids will understand what we're talking about here yeah yeah and if, if you don't understand what i'm talking about uh google it yeah just go- google jtt you, you bring up a really good point there um just before we move on to our cornerback duos here is there were a lot of really good trios that i had a hard time saying who do I leave out of this? Like who, who are the two that you say? And then who are the, who's the lone wolf that gets left out and kind of gets, you know, made fun of. Um, I was listening to some move the sticks this last week and they did their wide receiver ones of, um, uh, every division in the NFL. And it's funny. Their producer would say the two names out and then they're like, Whoa, 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 Nabil. Uh, how can you leave this guy out? This guy is clearly the better pass catcher. And it was, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a, a, a I'm, I'm going to make a note here. There's a wide receiver trio um, <laughs> that probably could have been included, but I didn't in- include because again, trio. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe, maybe I'll take the, uh, the first reign on this one. So you have to copy me uh, with your picks. So the cornerbacks, the duos, uh, my honorable mentions, and again, I had a really hard time leaving these guys off of the top list because they are two of the top uh, just single corners. So I have Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams of the Rams. Um, it's it's hard to put those as a duo, but Jalen Ramsey's so good. And I also had uh, Tredavious White and Levi Wallace of Buffalo. But um where I started off as number five, I had Stefan Gilmore and JC Jackson of New England. Uh, number four, I have 
Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes. You could put Kevin King in there. Uh, I think they drafted Stokes to replace him after his, you know, abysmal playoff performance. So again, I put a rookie in. I know I did it. Again, I saw some Georgia stuff. I like this kid. Uh, it's a really good pickup. They're going to be a monster duo. They might even top this list by the end of 2021-22 uh, season. Number three, I have William Jackson and Kendall Fuller of the Washington football team. Number two, I have Xavier Howard and Byron Jones of the Dolphins. And first, you knew it was happening. This is a slam dunk in everybody's top five. Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters of your Baltimore Ravens. You're such a homer. <laughs> yeah, well, when your team is good <laughs> and they have legitimate talent, you go for it. Yeah, it. Um, again, coming up with this list, I almost wanted to put Jalen Ramsey and whoever the hell the other guy is. <laughs> of um, other guy. <laughs> yeah, just just blank DB here because like Jalen Ramsey is such a. Uh, I mean. You know, everyone remembers Revis Island. Yeah. Um, I think Ramsey's probably the the closest thing to that since uh, Richard Sherman was really good, and a, a lot of quarterbacks um, avoided whatever side of the field Richard Sherman was covering. Also, he just um, didn't follow. J- yeah, Jalen Ramsey is just he is a shutdown corner, and. I mean, as long as the guy that you have paired up with him is serviceable, yeah, you're doing you're doing okay. <laughs> totally. And I I hate that Ramsey's uh, with the Rams. <laughs> right. Um, and, and same thing. I I had I I took a hard long look at Tre'Davious White and Levi Wallace. I took a long hard look at. Uh, Again, Jair Alexander and the Packers, um, you know, kind of I was looking at that Matt or at that duo and kind of thinking like same ideas like Jalen Ramsey where it's like, OK, like we know Jair Alexander is a stud. Um, Kevin King has been OK. What do they have in Eric Stokes? Um, so I, I, I didn't include them Fair. again, not in order. Um, I also have J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore of the New England Patriots. Which hopefully, Stephon Gilmore is uh, a future Seattle Seahawk. But <laughs> conversation for another day. That's a little shout out to you. Um, we have Pat Sertan. This is my one exception for rookies. Pat Sertan and Kyle Fuller of the Denver Broncos. Look at this uh, guy. Just begging on me for rookies. Literally says I almost put Jair in there, except for we don't know what Eric Stokes is as a first round corner out of an SEC top school. But here's I mean, I think it's a great pick. I think Pastor Tan's a freak, but don't go like all flip floppy on me and, you know, shake your dad finger at me and then go and do the same damn thing. No, I, I said. I almost didn't include any rookies. I said that for the running backs. I almost didn't, but then I did. So I've got one rookie Fair. on my whole list, and it's Pat Sertan, and I think he deserves to be there. Okay. Um, I've got uh, 
Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Byron Jones, Xavier Howard of the Miami Dolphins. And yes, I have Marlowe and I have Marcus Peters of the Ravens because there's no way you can do a top five list without including those two guys. I mean, when when uh, the Rams acquired Jalen Ramsey and it was like, okay, like they've got Ramsey now, all of a sudden Marcus Peters is available. I wanted Marcus Peters in his draft year like when when the chiefs drafted marcus peters i wanted marcus peters he played at the university of washington uh is he cousins with marshawn lynch or super close with marshawn lynch like i i I don't know i can't remember exactly but like i wanted marcus peters out of uni out of university yeah so when he was available up for trade i mean of course i knew the rams weren't trading him to seattle yeah (laughs) um but i wanted him bad bad um so yeah it's it marlo and marcus peters are an unreal duo uh jamel i i saw you shaking your head at jamel dean and sean murphy bunting i included them in the top five there they're young but they're like they're up and coming dbs that i think at the end of this season you're gonna be like yeah, okay, that's why Chris included them in his top five. Like, I, I I, fully believe they belong. So two reasons why I looked at them as well. Um, don't think I just, like, brushed it off for no reason. Um, I looked at them long and hard, and then I thought to myself, with the front seven that's there, you could literally put anyone back there because they don't have to do anything. That's the, like... That's the best part of being a DB when you have a ridiculous front seven that gets pressure from the front. Uh, They get pressure from those linebackers. Um, They just sit back there and feast. And uh, Winfield is a huge reason why that uh, DB core is doing anything. So that that was for one. And uh, and two, again, I'm going back to the whole thing that like, if you haven't proved that you are a top level person, then I thought you can't include them. No, but, but they have. And and I I don't know if they've proved it. Just, just, just to play devil's advocate there. Um, okay. The, the, the front seven looks great. Um, but maybe that's because the DVs are doing (laughs) their job. Um, so, okay. Sean Murphy bunting, in two seasons has uh four interceptions uh 11 uh passes defended and two forced fumbles uh he is going to be 24 going into this season jamel dean has 24 in two again two seasons three interceptions 24 passes defended uh, and again, he is going to be 25 this season. So I, I think in two seasons, they have proven that they are two top cornerbacks and they're still just hitting their prime. So for me, I would have to see like some advanced stats on uh, how fast the other quarterback had, how like how tight of pressure did they have, how how fast did the ball come out of their hands? 
uh, because honestly, most DBs can cover well enough in the first couple seconds. Um, but yeah, I, w- I wasn't shaking my head because I think they're nobodies. I just think you can't include them until they've hit that top tier. And to be honest, I would take Jalen Ramsey and you playing for the Rams before I would take them because Jalen Ramsey uh, takes away so much of the field, right? Jalen Ramsey takes away whatever side he's on and then you just get your safety help over the top. Um, Yeah, I'm standing by it. And like I said, by the end of this upcoming season, Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy bunting top five cornerback duo. Yeah, you, you could be very right. I mean, I, I probably would have put them. I don't know. It's easy to say in retrospect. Well, I would have just had them in like honorable mentions. Um, but I, I, yeah, I just think you got to prove a little bit more before you get put in there. So we'll see. Hopefully at the end of the year, you get a little bit of retribution and you can be like in your face. Look at these two. And then I'll say again, well, look, Shaq Barrett had 855 sacks and like another thousand pressures. Um, I'm going to let you start the wide receiver duos here who you got in apparently no particular order no order i've got uh adam Thielen and justin jefferson of the vikings i have tyler lockett and dk metcalf of the seahawks uh obviously after the the big trade last week uh julio jones aj brown tennessee titans um, I cheated a little bit on this next one. <laughs> uh, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey of no, the Kansas City Chiefs. No, redo it. Nope. That's BS. I'm, nope. Too bad. Suck it. Um, I told you I cheated, and I'm, I am I cheated. Whatever. Um, and uh, number five. And, okay. This one, I have a harder time choosing my top one, although it's probably Thielen and Jefferson. But definitely my bottom one is Mike Evans and Chris Godwin (laughs) of the Buccaneers. (laughs) Interesting. Wow. Um, Okay, so I actually have Evans and Godwin as my honorable mention. I don't have them in my top five. Um, I also have Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb in an honorable mention. Uh, when they get Dak back, I think you're going to see what C.D. Lamb can really do. Um, that was a guy I wanted just to slip to the Ravens so bad. Um, in number five, I have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods of the L.A. Rams. And uh, if they were good enough with uh, our stick man. <laughs> oh, man, there's so many good jokes with Jared Goff, but uh, I like stick man. Uh, with Stafford, they're going to be absolutely ridiculous. Uh, number four, uh, I think these guys didn't get enough love, and that's Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley of the Bills. I mean, just put, again, same thing with Diggs. You could put Diggs there with basically anyone, and I'll probably take them uh, to be in a top five. But Cole Beasley looked really, really good with Josh Allen last year. Um, kind of reminiscent of, like, when... Uh, the Patriots had Julian Edelman be kind of that like everything underneath receiver. That Um, white guy receiver. uh, Sorry? That white guy receiver. Yeah, real gym rat, that guy. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, number three, I have AJ Brown, Julio Jones. You said enough on that. Number two, and I can see you're waiting in anticipation. You're thinking, please say Justin Jefferson. Nope. I'm saying Metcalf and Lockett. Uh, and number one is Jefferson and Thielen. I just, they're, they're too good. You know, the year before Justin Jefferson came, Diggs and Thielen are probably your number one anyways. And then you get a rookie come in and just absolutely no drop off, maybe even slightly a little better, uh, in terms of what he offers for them, but basically the exact same clone of a person, uh, good for the Vikings. It's wild how they did that. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, uh, impossible not to say Thielen and Jefferson is number one. Um, as much as I want to be a homer and say it's Lockett and Metcalf. Um, it just isn't. If I'm giving you guys a little um, bit of love, I I, I think the Rams duo of Cooper cup and Bobby trees is a great choice. I'd, I would probably put them in honor, honorable mentions um, along with Ayuk and uh, Brendan Ayuk and Debo Samuel for the 49ers. What, not Kittle? <laughs> uh, George Kittle is a great tight end. Um, I mean, uh, we're, we're, we're talking about trios. I mean, he could be certainly somebody that you could add to the trio there. Um, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, though, like, they're the same guy. Yeah, they like, really they're just are. A, that, that, like, run after catch, like, give me, like, a five-yard slant, and I'm going to take it 75 yards <laughs> because I'm just going to, like, bounce off of all of these tackles. Um, we were talking earlier about, you know, uh, running back trios. You mentioned Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Um, it's hard to exclude Michael Gallup there. That's part of the reason why I didn't include the Cowboys. Um, the other one that I really struggled with was the Bengals. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, um, with my, uh, you know, hate on rookies i guess um (laughs) so they have tyler boyd uh they have t higgins who was really good last year um and they have jamar chase who is the rookie that i hate because rookies can't do anything in this league it's an old man's league um but that that's definitely another trio that i am very much looking forward to watching this year um, sorry, I, I, I know they're a division rival of yours, but it's uh, it's a trio Chase. that I am looking very forward to Peters Humphrey and Jimmy Smith shutting down. That's what I'm looking forward to. It's funny that you say that because when you were talking about uh, Debo, Brandon, Ayuk, George Kittle, I was going to say with Trey Lance in there, that offense is going to be so unbelievably fun to watch. Like it's going to be um, like a modified college version where people are just running in all sorts of patterns and the defense is going to be like, what the hell is going on right now? Like who is where, which guy? I thought Samuel was over here. No, that's Ayuk. Oh, wait a second. That's Trey Lance. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, Okay, we got our last duos of the night here and we're going past rushers and I give you the first crack at it, dude. Um, oh man, 
This was hard. This like, was very tar- hard. That's why I said pass yeah. rushers and not like DNs or linebackers or anything like that. And and, and honestly, that's what made it that's what so makes it difficult. Hard. It's like you're trying to look up like pass rushers and D like I mean traditionally, I guess in a four three defense, it's going to be your your two DNs or or your pass rushers. So you're looking at depth charts and you're looking at you know teams DNs and you're like, <laughs> okay, but where's Joey Bosa? And you're like, Oh wait, Joey Bosa is a linebacker. And like, it's just like, you're, you're having to look at so many different positions to, um, not to mention to, like to tackles. Like, you know, firsthand oh, totally. that in the, in the NFC Aaron West, Donald. like Aaron Donald is yeah. one of the most disruptive pass rushers in the entire league. Yeah. So yeah, actually, I found this I, tough. I, I, I guess I'll start there. Um, <laughs> honorable mention, because he's he's impossible to leave out of the top five. But this goes back to our uh, conversation about defensive backs and Jalen Ramsey, um, Aaron Donald, and whoever the hell else is on that defensive line. Um, so I'll, I'll give Aaron Donald the honorable mention, and the rest of the Rams defensive line can <laughs> piss right off. Um, although Leonard Floyd is, is a, you know, they were, they were close, I guess, Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald, um, same with Joey Bosa and the Los Los Angeles chargers. Um, I was looking at their depth chart. I couldn't really pick out any other guy on their pass rush that I was like, Oh yeah, like that guy. And like, no, Joey Bosa. Um, I guess top five again in no order. I've got Miles Garrett, Jadevian Clowney of the Cleveland Browns. Um, I know we've talked in length at this uh, in the past. Clowney may not be the best um, sack producer, but he's still somebody that you have to account for in the rush. Um, I've got JJ Watt and Chandler Jones of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you know, what going to a brand new team, it's hard to, I guess, you know, really judge like what is that going to mean for the Cardinals? But I think Watt and Jones is a terrifying combination. Um, this one now, this is <laughs> we're talking about trios. Um, this is the one time that I actually included the trio Ugh. in my top five. You're just the uh, worst tonight. <laughs> okay, well, it's okay. I'm, I'm just busting your balls. I mean, I can cut one of the guys out, but they are a trio. Um, I've got Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and D Ford of the 49ers. Uh, I just, I don't know how you exclude one of either D Ford or Eric Armstead. Um, so I, I had to include all three there. Uh, I've got Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller of the Broncos. And last one, I've got Cam Hayward and TJ Watt of the Steelers. Um, Of my top, (laughs) you're really going to be pissed off here. I have to give my number one ranking to the the trio of Bosa, Ford, and Armstead. What a failure. I just want to put it out there. I think Joey Bosa is better better than Nick Bosa. You just had to add that in there. Um, well, of course, your top is going to be three over two, you dum dum. That's the second time you got the dum dum treatment tonight. 
Um, it's okay, listeners. Uh, your favorite is here to save the day with a real top five duo. Um, I have honorable mention Von Miller and uh, Bradley Chubb of the Broncos. Uh, I also have honorable mention of Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, just because they haven't really played together. I don't know what J.J. Watt is in that system per se, but uh, what is he like a two or three time defensive player of the year? So you just have to think, wow, that's, you know, scary as hell looking across the line and seeing those two guys. Um, number five, I actually have Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport just cause they move. Like, I don't know if they necessarily show up in the sacks column, but, uh, before or last year, sorry, they had Trey Hendrickson who, uh, flourished opposite opposite of Cam Jordan. And I think Marcus Davenport is going to do that. Uh, number four, I have a duo, a duo of Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead. And yes, I did leave D Ford off. Um, three, I have Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, uh, and my top two, you didn't even have on yours. So this is fun. Um, number two, I have Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre Paul. Um, you know, the, again, there's a reason why I think those other two, you know, DBs that you mentioned had such successful years. And I think those guys are a huge reason and then number one, we talked about this guy earlier in the show, Montez Sweat and Chase Young. They are young. They are fast. They are ferocious. And I think those two guys are going to be uh, an unstoppable force for a long, long, long time. Yeah, that, that, was, I, that was fun. I agree with you, though. Like, though the pass rushers were so hard to do because you would think of pass rushers and then you're like, but wait a second, they've got like a really good linebacker over there. Like, is that enough to like yeah. include Joey Bosa in this? And same with like TJ Watt. Like, okay, he's a stealer. I hate him. But they have Cam Hayward. Like, they don't like how would Yeah, it was a very big like. How do you define a pass rusher, right? Right. And I, I, I have JPP and Shaq Barrett written down here. I have chase young and montez sweat written down here as well and it's just like there's so many good pass. i mean even like we didn't even mention khalil mack i know you know what i mean like there's so many good pass rushers in this league um i mean even you know i i say khalil mack singular but then like he's got roquan smith he's got uh robert quinn as well like so is it like just so many good pass rushers in in the league to and, try to narrow it down to five was um was yeah. definitely a task yeah i i originally i had about like 10 on my honorable mention and i was like no i, I don't want to be here till tomorrow talking about them but i, I think you <laughs> and, i think you brought it up i think the reason why we have such troubles with this is because you can get pass rushers from such a variety of different looks or defensive schemes or positions on the field or you know what I mean like you can get him from like Aaron Donald from the inside like I love D tackles that push the pocket because then it just opens everything else up and causes havoc on on people so I mean not that I would put this singular player or, or any combination of this player and another player in the top five or even honorable mentions uh, but even a guy like Jamal Adams yeah um Right. Like 
he's a safety constantly coming down and pressuring the quarterback and putting on that pass. Like it's just, there's so, so like pass rush has become such a, I don't want to, is vague the right term? Like it, it all encompassing, um, definition of player because like yeah it's the dn it's the d tackle it's the linebackers it's the safeties like it's 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 coming from all, all over the place in the nfl uh these days so it, it, it it's hard to really narrow it down and 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 pick a top five duo definitely um okay it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the week you guys look forward to it we deliver as usual chris you're up we're on to the third down what's up third down i've got a good one for you today so uh rainy rainy sunday here in Kelowna. Uh, but we still decided to get out um there was some sort of like market going on downtown Kelowna today so we went down there. We decided to check it out. We told the kids before we left, though, we we're like, you know what? Like, because Olivia's like, I want to buy jewelry. And I'm like, <laughs> cool. Take money out of your piggy bank. You can buy whatever you want. <laughs> whatever you want. So we let the kids, um, or let, we told the kids um, to take $30 out of their piggy banks. And you have $30 to spend and whatever you want to spend it on, you can. I mean, I kind of said to Olivia, I mean, Carter only being three, he didn't really quite understand. Um, Just with throwing Olivia, money around. This, this, yeah, this. right? Like, <laughs> but uh, uh, Olivia's kind of more understanding with like, okay, like I've got money, I can spend it, I can buy things. Like this is how I, I this is how the world works. Um, so I, I, I told her as a K, like you have $30 to spend. Don't buy the first thing you see. Let's go through the market. Let's look at everything, decide what you want to buy. So anyways, one of the, one of the first things that my kids saw was this. <laughs> <laughs> so that is freeze dried skittles i don't know if you so of course the first thing first thing my kids see is candy and they're like i want to buy candy um and uh I, I i don't know if you can see that or not but they're they're pretty weird i i will say the lady at the market was super great when we were to when we told the kids like okay like this is how much a small bag is this is how much a big bag is and the lady's like wait they're spending their own money they can get a big they can get a big bag at the small bag price oh so anyways, yeah there you that's yeah. a vet move right there that's a vet yeah. parent move right there no it wasn't even me it was the lady at the market yeah, but like, you yeah, always yeah, yeah. do that. And I totally remember this, you know, back in the day when you used to be able to rent movies from Blockbuster and places like that. Um, back in small town, 100 mile where I'm from, uh, we would always go on Saturdays to rent movies. And uh, me and my brother figured out really quickly if we had a disagreement or we were debating or we were fighting, whatever you want to call it, about which movie uh, we wanted to rent again with our own monies. 
the clerk who we knew would always say, well, why don't we just do the two for one deal today? And of course, my dad or my mom just let that stuff happen because they were like, oh, yeah, why wouldn't I like? Yeah, I. Yes. OK, you are right, because every other booth that we visited after that, we're like, well, it's your money. <laughs> but Hopefully yeah, so, we don't so have anyways, listeners from um, that market. That Chris yeah, Phillips so any, scam me. Yeah. Yeah. Jay, don't forget that. Next time I come, it's my kid's money. Don't forget. <laughs> every time. Um, it uh, anyways, back to the third down. Uh, we all know this is our favorite uh, segment. I give you the head-to-head matchups. Uh, you pick your favorite. And this week at the market, with my kids buying candy, um, I thought I'd give you the matchups of some some candy. The oh, candy matchups. Let's go. Now, I just really quickly, can you see that? Look at look at that thing. Yeah, that's really weird. Looks like a so, Tide Pod. <laughs> just just wait. Freeze-dried Skittles are the weirdest thing. So, wh- when you eat a Skittle, what do you think? It's super soft and chewy, right? Yeah, it's got a hard shell. It's chewy in the middle. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's freeze dried. So, of course, it's going to blow up into a 10,000 different pieces. It is crispy. Not chewy at all. It's probably more sweet than an actual Skittle. They're really weird. Um, Yeah, my my kids are going to love them. I actually... I'm glad that they're, I guess I'm, I'm too old for super sweet things like that. I, I love Skittles, but those are more sweet than a regular Skittle. <laughs> Anyways, are you ready for the candy matchups? I'm ready. Let's do this thing. Third down. All right. Matchup number one. I've got uh, Swedish berries versus wine gums. Ooh. You know, I haven't had a wine gum in a long, long, long time. Um, as a kid, I think that's one of my mom's maybe like top three favorite things. So, of course, like when your parents favorite candy just becomes your favorite candy because they buy a bag and you're like, man, I really like wine gums. Um, but I eat a lot of Swedish berries when we go to the movie theaters, which are are they open now? Uh, or is it this week? As as of Tuesday, they should be open. Right. So I will be looking forward to not only hopefully going out to a movie with my wife, but uh, enjoying some Swedish berries as a, a candy choice at the theater. So I am going Swedish berries. Okay. I remember as a kid loving wine gums. And I'm, I don't know about you, but when I eat like gummy candies, like, um, like sour keys are one of my favorites. Um, I almost prefer them to be a little bit stale. Oh, so they're, they're a little, so they're a little more chewy and that's what I get with wine gums, right? Like they're a little more chewy. Um, but I also love Swedish berry. So I think that's a good choice. Next matchup. I've got, uh, fuzzy peaches versus the sour cherry blasters which I haven't actually seen in a very long time. So you might have to go back to when you were a kid, but yeah, you're going really uh, like Maynard's heavy right now with all of the, you know, you buy a box of them for Halloween and you get, you get all of those ones in there. Um, I have to agree with you that I have not seen a 
cherry blaster in a very long time. Um, but they were fantastic. They were really good. I'm I'm trying to remember. They were a little sour, right? Yeah. So they had that like sweet and sour kind of mix. Um, I have had a fuzzy peach recently. Um, I'm you know what? I'm gonna go with cherry blaster, just because I feel like I remember them being really really good, and I feel like I would have chosen cherry over peach. Cherry is one of my favorite like flavored things. That surprised me. Yeah. As much as I love the cherry blasters, fuzzy peaches are one of my all time top five. Yeah, top fi- top five non duo non trio uh, top five. <laughs> <laughs> um i guess to stay in the 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 maynard's family here i've got sour patch kids now going up against the sour keys Ooh, now we're bringing out the big guns now we are talking some serious matchups so to go back to your thing about stale candy um the last time that i went out hunting in the one I got with my bear with our buddy Liam uh, I stopped and I saw some you know you go to the convenience store you get yourself like a coffee or an energy drink some chips some candy stuff to get you from Kelowna to Kamloops uh, on that drive and I saw some sour keys and I was like yeah like I love sour keys and they were stale and they are still in my house to this day I cannot stand stale candy. They either have to be what they are or what, you know, like they are who we thought they were. You know, I want the sour keys to be what I thought they were going to be. Um, and so for that reason, just because I'm very turned off of sour keys right now and sour patch kids are delightful, I'm going sour patch kids. I will gladly take those uh, stale sour keys off your hands. Darn, too bad I didn't know about that when you were over yeah. here yesterday. Yeah. Um, we've got a classic matchup here next. We've got the classic jelly bean versus gummy bears. Oh, now we're talking my language. Now we're talking, dude. So when we talk gummy bears, you already know I'm picking gummy bears, but here's a little fun fact for you. When you pick gummy bears... You can't just pick gummy bears. You have to pick the right kind of gummy bears. And so they come from a German company. Uh, They must have like a a distribution center like in the States or something like that. But uh, Haribo or Haribo, however you want to pronounce it, uh, you need to get those gummy bears if you're going to get anything. And I think you're going to like these ones a lot more than regular gummy bears, Chris, if you haven't had them. Because they're a little harder and a little chewier, but it's how they're supposed to be. It's not like that crunchy, shelly outside thing and you're like sawing through it. Like if you get a really fresh patch of them, they're, you know, they're a little tougher to get through. So you don't go through like 10,000 of them in the first minute. Um, You got to get yourself some of these. Well, you don't want to eat too, too many of them. Yes, I do. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, I, I think it's on the internet. I, I don't know if it's the Haribo gummy bears, but if you eat too many of them, um, they are coming out the other end and it's not very enjoyable. 
It from cannot be those or else I have an iron stomach. We'll say that. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave I mean, it at that because I could eat a couple bags of them easily. Wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't phase me at all. A um, couple more matchups here. <laughs> um, we've got the those sour like glow worms, I guess they're called. Oh, yeah. Um, versus Coke bottles. Now, the Coke bottles, you can choose regular Coke bottles. You can choose the sour Coke bottles. Um, I kind of, I'm, I'm going to leave it up to, to your interpretation there. All right. So a couple fun facts about this. Not only do I have those German gummy bears downstairs, but I also have the Haribo, uh, cola bottles downstairs that are just as wonderful. And I will be enjoying some of those after the podcast, even though it's pretty much bedtime. Um, and another fun fact about let you into my world a little bit here. When I was a kid, uh, like every set of brothers that has ever existed, me and my brother love to wrestle in our house. And so, you know, there would be me and my brother and his friends and we would dive into the candy because, of course, it's Friday night. You're going candy heavy but then we would also decide to wrestle afterwards. Well, turns out I know what too many of those cola bottles is with getting power slammed onto couches. And I threw up everywhere. Like just not only did so. Oh my goodness. My poor mother. Not only did we break her couch, we snapped the leg off of her couch, but there was also puke all over uh, the carpeted floors at that time. So if you're listening, mom, sorry, but I'm not actually sorry. I'm going with the cola bottles. Just a terrible, terrible son, hey? Oh. Like, sorry, mom. Sorry, not sorry, mom. But uh, yeah. it was totally worth it because I got candy and I got to fight my brother. So that's right. Like two words for you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good save steve good save steve wow uh, uh, <laughs> last, last matchup here um this is again a classic matchup um i i i actually saw these in the store somewhat recently actually um so we have nerds versus runs Oh, there's one that I actually have not seen since I was a little kid was the runts. I, you, I, like, I saw them in the store like a week ago. Yeah, you kind of like filtered through them and you were like, ah, these ones are the worst ones. So I eat those ones first and you save all the good kinds for the end. Um, a good, uh, yeah, a tough one, but I, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with hmm, nerds on this one. Yep. Because, I mean, really, at the end of the day, like, runts, they tasted like banana, orange, whatever. Nerds were just little, tiny sugar nuggets. <laughs> you couldn't go wrong with them. And you got two different flavors on each side, so you still no. got the variety, you but, know, packs of them. I mean, it was two different colors on each side. They're, they're not flavored. It, oh, it's, they're flavored. Or at least I told myself that. They tasted yeah. different. No, they're, they're sugar nuggets. They totally um, tasted different. Couple honorable mentions. I just wanted to quickly shout out Dino Sours because they're oh, fantastic. Yeah. Jujubes, so good. Sour Warheads, Jujubes. 
uh, Jolly Ranchers, lots of good candies out there that I did not include um, that I felt deserved that honorable mention this week. Um, But just to quickly recap before you pick your MVP, I've got Swedish Berries, uh, Sour Cherry Blasters, Sour Patch Kids, uh, Gummy Bears, uh, Coke Bottles, and Nerds. I think I could probably guess your MVP, but what is it this week? Yeah, you can definitely guess my MVP. Um, It is Gummy Bears, but... I'm very shocked that you did not have nibs on there. Nibs are like, I I think licorice gets a bad name. They get kind of clumped into everything like Twizzlers or, you know, Twizzlers or a good, soft, fresh uh, cherry nib is very hard to beat in the candy world. Olivia wanted me to include licorice. I was like, no, 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 I don't want to include licorice. Um, Fun fact about nibs, though. Nibs are the biggest reason why I got my braces off when I was 11. I was eating nibs. It loosened, like, the, the molar cap thing. It, like, popped it right off my molar. So I was like... I was like, well, 11-year-old me doesn't want braces anymore. So I, like, popped it off my molar, squished it, flattened it, twisted up the wire, like, just messed the thing up the best I could. Um, so then I had to go to the orthodontist. The orthodontist was like, well, we'll, we'll you know, Chris, Christopher's teeth look okay. We'll just take these off. <laughs> yeah. So what we can gather from that entire third down episode is candy is essential Uh, Candy has led to some of the better times in our life. And as a grown adult, I still partake in much candy. Like everybody. Oh, go ahead. All of the candy, Uh, especially. I don't know about you. I love the sour candy. Yeah. Sour. If I'm going sour, just traditional sweet, which is funny because gummy bears are, you know, not really sour most of the time. Uh, I will pick a sour candy over a sweet candy. Um, uh, me too. I mean, all, anybody all who knows me knows that, you know, I, I love my fitness. I love running. I love being in the weight room. I love playing sports. I love being physically active. But <laughs> that comes secondary usually to a lot of candy. Like I consume for a grown up, I consume a, a childlike amount of candy and I am more than OK with it. Uh, <laughs> another, another fun fact. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I also consume a large amount of candy. I I, I do my best not to, um, but I don't know about you, but I will pick candy over chocolate every day of the week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, candy. For me, it's really hard between candy and chips. Uh, I'm, a, I'm oh. a big chip person, but uh, yeah, I'll pick I'll pick candy over chocolate almost 100 percent of the time. I, I was going to add, I will pick chips over candy a hundred percent of the time. Really? As well, You're that yeah. much of a, can- or a chip person, hey? I, I, savory. I, I, I'm definitely more of a savory person okay. than I am a sweet person. Like, even like if I don't have chips, I'll eat the Ritz crackers in my cupboard <laughs> just because they're salty. They're sal- <laughs> like, yeah. Salty snacks are hard to beat. Yeah. 
Um, okay, yeah, we have a we have a bit of a mailbag here for you, so we're gonna dive into that, and uh, we have some new faces onto the mailbag, so we appreciate a couple uh, new contributors, and we also appreciate uh, a couple that have been kind of consistent mailbaggers for us. Um, I will say that we had our our buddy Ted Wong of the PP One podcast. Uh, put in a question fairly late, about, you know, 40 minutes before we were going to go on. I didn't even see the message until about, you know, 15 minutes before we went on. So uh, I responded to Ted by saying, maybe we can catch that on the next mailbag because it was quite the question. And that's where I'll leave that one at. Um, our first question comes from our buddy Marquise of the Cover Four podcast. Uh, we actually answered his first one with "Who was has the best duo running back?" So we great minds were thinking alike there, Marquise. Uh, his second one was: Is there a blueprint at all to stop the Titans? Mind you, twenty eighth defense last year still made playoffs. What do you think, Chris? Is there is there a playoff? Or is there a blueprint to stop them? And I think he probably means this offense, hey? Yeah, he he definitely means the offense. Um, I guess if, if, if I were to say the one thing to stop that Titans offense, which as, as silly as this may sound, stop Derrick Henry. Yeah force the ball through Ryan Tannehill. Um, yeah, he's got Julio Jones. He's got A.J. Brown. He is the, um, what was it, 2019? <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Uh, NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Um, and which... He was the NFL comeback player of the year because he escaped Adam Gase. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know what he was coming back from. But yeah, I, that's the blueprint is force Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball. Um, yeah, it's going to be hard to stop both A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Um, but I would rather try to stop those two than Derrick Henry, who is constantly, you know, I, I would rather stack the box to stop Derrick Henry um, than leave Derrick Henry with no uh, opposition to pr- prevent him from going off for 99 yards again. Yeah, that's my my thing when I heard that was like, get interior pressure. So interior pressure is going to hopefully slow down Derrick Henry. It's going to force Ryan Tannehill to make a play. You would rather Ryan Tannehill makes a good play or those two wide receivers or maybe even Ferkser makes a play and you can kind of live with that. What you can't live with is the Titans controlling the ball for 48 minutes because Derrick Henry is killing you with a 250-yard run game. And so his last question Uh, was, do you see Haskins taking over for Ben at some point this year? This is a really interesting question because uh, part of me wants to say yes because I'm just so tired of Ben Roethlisberger, but then part of me is like, well, maybe I want to see more of Roethlisberger. Like, 
he was not good. Um, I'm going to say no. And I'm going to say no just because of what Ben has meant to that franchise. I think they're going to let him go out on top uh, this year because we, we all thought he was done last year, that game where he's crying uh, with Marquise Pouncey. And man, was that fun to watch him balling up into tears. And so I would love to see that again. But I also think that the Steelers uh, let him ride this out because if you're replacing Ben, it means your season is probably lost. Um, and you, yeah, do you have anything to add to that one? Um, <clears throat> no, I, I agree. Um, Dwayne Haskins, I think he can supplant Mason Rudolph as the yeah. number two, um, but he's not jumping in front of Big Ben this year. No, definitely not. Um, okay, uh, our second person is Nick M uh, at NM William 1993. I believe this is the first time Lamar has a respectable wide receiver core. He has been so good up to this point in brackets MVP. Now he is loaded up on an even playing field or up on an even playing field with other quarterbacks and their wide receiver core. How much better can he possibly be your opinion? So thanks, Nick, for your question. Uh, I think this is the one that's been, I guess, dominating Ravens conversations over the last little bit. Uh, even back to when they got Sammy Watkins uh, in free agency was, okay, now Lamar is getting, you know, those weapons brought to him and then they get Rashad Bateman and they get Tylen Wallace. And I agree. I think this is the best wide receiver core he's had this. We could look back on this and say, this is the best wide receiver core uh, the Ravens have ever had in their franchise history. So I think he, the sky's the limit for this kid. Like you said, Nick, in your question there, like he's already won a unanimous MVP without these weapons. So what do I think? Uh, do I think he's going to just all of a sudden throw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns? No, I don't think that's his game. I don't think that's where he's the most dangerous. Um, I also think he doesn't give a crap if people refer to him as a running back. Like, I just think the guy wants to win. He wins. He finds ways to win uh, with his legs or his arms. So, yeah, I think the sky is the limit on that one. Um, our next question comes from our Tennessee Titan friend, Christian, at Holy Cola. <laughs> I was looking at their Twitter handles and I was like, that that's good. That's a That's a funny one. Um, this is, this is a really tough question. What is the biggest weakness that you don't expect to be fixed prior to the season, uh, that will cost you the division? That is such a fun question because it puts you right on the spot. You, I'm letting you have this one first, Chris. <clears throat> um, I, I, <laughs> You this this is great. This is exactly why this is a good question. You have this massive pause. You knew the question was coming and it's still hard to say. The Seahawks still have two weaknesses at at this point in the offseason. Um, that is 
defensive back, which as much as DJ Reed, Akella Witherspoon, Trey Flowers, um, Trey Brown, as much as they want to talk the talk until we see them on the field, we have no idea. Um, So that's still a big question mark. It's still a lot of people clamoring for the Seahawks to re-sign Richard Sherman um, to, you know, bring him home and I guess have that, I don't know, you know, swan song. I I, I would love to see Richard Sherman back in Seattle, but not for the reason why so many other people want to see it. Like, I don't want to see him there for the swan, swan song purpose. I want to see him there to effing compete yeah <laughs> like yeah. go go be the guy that we all know and expect you to be um and then the other position is the defensive line i guess yeah. not even a position it's the whole defensive line um who's going to pass rush there's still a big question mark at defensive tackle with not uh or with with letting jaron reed go um I would like to see them re-sign, or not re-sign, excuse me, sorry. I, I would like to see them sign Geno Atkins. Um, I think that would fill a big, big hole for them. And, oh, man, DB or D-line, like, who do I think is going to cost the Seahawks the division today? I'm going to say DB. Yeah, probably in that division, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Think about the we just talked about wide receiver duos, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm reluctant to say DB, but yeah, like like you said, the wide receiver duos that they have to face just in their division: Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, twice a year; Uh, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, twice a year; slash George Kittle. (laughs) <laughs> slash George Kittle <laughs> slash that trio yeah um, trios and then DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green twice a year and Christian so, like, Kirk <clears throat> and what sorry <laughs> and Christian Kirk and Christian Kirk stupid but, trios I mean, he's a nobody um anyways uh yeah I I, I think it's gonna be DB yeah, when you were humming and hawing, I was like, come on, just say DB. Like, look at all the great receivers in that division. It, it's wild, really. Like, that might be the best division for receivers uh, in all of football. Um, I don't think this is going to cost my team the division because I, th- not being a homer, but being a realist, I sincerely believe the Ravens are going to win the division. But if they were to not win the division and I looked back on something and I would say, man, we really underwhelmed there. I would have to say pass rush for the Ravens just because there's so much unknown with there. Um, now I might also look back and say, wow, those were some excellent additions in terms of, uh, draft picks. I know there's been talks about, uh, how they might bring in Justin Houston still, Um, so pass rush was my first thought. I could also see offensive line being an issue because it was an issue last year. 
Um, again, they made some additions, but until you see those guys all gel together in a game situation, uh, it's hard to say that, you know, that's all shored up already. So I hope it's not a reason why, uh, but if there was a reason and somehow the Ravens didn't win this division this year, uh, that's kind of where I would go with that. And we have one last question from our network, the DeanBlundell.com at dblundellnet. Um, I, I don't even know who runs that Twitter account. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to yeah. investigate a little. So whomever runs this Twitter account, uh, it's kind of like a shot question. I think it's hilarious. Where will at Aaron Rodgers 12 tags a minute play in 2021, 22. I think I know where you're going with this one, but I'm going to give you the green light. <laughs> See what I did there. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag corny. Yep. Um, I mean, until something happens, it, it, it's hard to say that he's not going to be in Green Bay. It, it, I don't know. Like, th- that's the the lame answer. Um, my exciting answer, woo! Fireworks, fireworks, fireworks. <laughs> Denver Broncos. Denver! Denver! Mile high! <laughs> so those, those fireworks are going really high now. Yeah. Um, so if you listen to our episode with, uh, the boys, uh, Dave and Jay on our, our cheese head assemble episode, um, two guys that are clearly more versed in Packers stuff than we are. Uh, you should also follow them if you want some Packers news. I do. I look forward to every time they post, they're either funny or they're informative. Um, it's pretty clear to me that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Green Bay Packer. And I fully expect Aaron Rodgers to be a Green Bay Packer week one. No matter how long he holds out in the offseason, I think Aaron Rodgers will be a Packer. But I think it's just this whole Tom Brady just messed things up for everybody. Like if Tom Brady can go somewhere else, which, you know, a year ago today or, you know, before you actually became a Buccaneer, Um, I, you know, I would have been standing on the soapbox saying, no, Brady, like, it's fun to think he's going to go somewhere else and and it's exciting and there's fireworks. Uh, maybe he'll go to Tampa Bay. No, Tom Brady's going to be a Patriot. And lo and behold, like crazy things happen, man. (laughs) Deshaun Watson is not going to be a Houston Texan. Uh, who else am I forgetting here? I mean, Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, but Matthew Stafford is no longer going to be a Detroit Lion. Ryan Fitzmagic. No. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> whoa, a, yeah. whoa, whoa, Fitzmagic. <laughs> you know. We need to My po- turn. Yeah, we need to post that clip on our Twitter. Um, you know what I just thought of? I cannot believe that we did not put Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel in our wide receiver tops. You know what? I'm I'm retracting my statement here. Wow. I can't believe I'm doing this. I am taking out uh, I'm taking out Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and I'm putting Scary Terry and Curtis Samuel in my top five. I cannot believe I forgot them. I was fully expecting you to say I'm taking out Metcalf and Lockett and 
man. Suck it. Uh, I, I probably would have told you that. I got two some, words some, 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 for something, you. Something, something, something. Uh, how, how dare you? Wow. I That is like, that's mind-blowing that I did not think of that. I think Terry McLaurin is one of the top receivers in the NFL. He is how so about, scary good, and he had Dwayne Haskins throwing him the ball. That's how good he He's like the the new age A-Rob of, of Chicago. Like, wow. How about that, uh, talking about Fitzmagic, his... Uh, first day at uh at, at, at work chalkboard thing oh and his yeah are... the first day of school thing yeah that's what i just love that guy like he is so so funny and he just he loves football and he loves life so why wouldn't i love ryan fitzpatrick <sighs> again this is a ryan fitzmagic podcast that's right. Um, One of these if, days if we're going to get if, him on. If you're not on, on board, get on board. That's right. Uh, okay, that wraps up our mailbag, and that wraps up kind of our episode. So this has been episode 16. Uh, you know, obviously, make sure you check us out on all of our social media platforms. Check us out uh, on the Dean Blundell Network. We would love for you guys to read the blogs that we put out and, uh, you know, challenge us on some of that stuff. Come at me with your your opinions, your arguments. I think I said it last week, but tell me I'm stupid. You know, I, I post and write those things to, you know, obviously be informative. I love football, but I also do it to drum up conversation I don't think I would do a podcast every single week if I didn't like talking about football. So again, you can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. And like I usually do, I'm giving you the last words, my friend. Steve, you're stupid. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, follow us over on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. Uh, find us on Instagram. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, we are there. Please subscribe, rate, review. Give us all the uh, you know five stars or, or what have you. And uh, you can, of course, find me on Twitter as well at PhillipsChris12. As always, guys. Go Hawks. Peace. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.